back to Netflix and Kill, a podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. Does anyone, Hello! Uh, I was going to say, does anyone want to introduce themselves, or am I just going to be here? <laughs> um, well, you are here. You're the host with the most, so um, I guess I'll be me. here as you guys the are the host with the most. I think we're all the ghost hosts with the most. Yes. I'm Marty. And I'm Hannah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I oh, love wow. you guys. I just felt the need to reiterate this. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, I was in France for a month. You were in France and Taiwan. Marty's been working. Everybody's busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. I've been doing things and staying home. <laughs> Home is where the heart is. Exactly. And or like, your demon son. Hey, segue. Segue. <laughs> Real fast, before we get to that, though, I just want to, like, spotlight the really cool stuff that Marty's been doing, actually. Um, you've been making custom dolls, which I think is, like, super badass. So mm-hmm. if any of you listening follow Marty on Twitter, like, please go look for these pictures because it's really freaking cool. Oh yeah, the Kim they're Possible not... ones are my favorite, personally. Yeah, they're not totally done yet. Um, I'm trying. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been like repainting dolls just to have something to do when I'm not at work, because otherwise I'm bored out of my mind. So. Well, I love that we can see the process as they're being made, because I'm the kind of person who likes looking at the the step by step how to things, and you're really good about like letting people in on your process while yeah. also appreciating the craftsmanship well well thank you um i i thought about actually kind of like filming some stuff while i'm doing it but then i decided against it because i felt like the camera and stuff would just get in the way i didn't want to get paint or anything on it <laughs> that's fair yeah that's fair um yeah. but yeah so real another question real fast do you take commissions for those um i I've thought about it. I I could if someone would be interested in it. Um, I just, I need to, like, make out, like, a commission sheet or something. I just haven't done that yet, but I would be open to it. Okay, cool. I ask partially for myself, um, and then partially awesome. <laughs> for the sake of those listening to this podcast. Yeah, what kind, uh, what kind of doll would you want, like, that you've never seen, like, want, out in stores? Like horror characters obviously mm-hmm. like but like more obscure horror because you know they do make like michael myers and stuff action figures or dolls or whatever but like i want the repo man from repo the genetic opera oh you know, where's yeah, my you repo, never man see doll? repo stuff um i mean you could grab a giles doll and just kind of like <laughs> give him like a i don't know a dominic's barbie outfit and then boom <laughs> repo do, do they make dominatrix barbie outfits I'm sure you could They probably find some call her something like, like Biker Barbie shop. or like <laughs> Hot Rod Mama Barbie or something. I don't know. Oh my god. It's out there, I guarantee it. Oh, I'm oh, sure. sure. I mean, personally, I would like Oh, who would I like? I mean, obviously Buffy the Vampire Slayer, even though I I have a couple Pop Funkos and action figures. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see Hannibal really anymore. Like, I was online yeah. looking at Pop Funkos for Hannibal, the TV show, and they're like 50 bucks now. Uh. Yeah, it's because the show hasn't been running for a while, so they haven't made any. 
Brian Fuller, if you're listening, you should make more Hannibal. He's trying! (laughs) How about um, Netflix, if you're listening? Netflix, Um, we're doing a whole podcast about your horror film genre. You should, you should, you should do more Hannibal. Also, Netflix, um, bring back Tuca and Birdie. Yes, I'm upset, and I need more. We got five seasons of BoJack, which I'm grateful for. Please keep making more. Is this because they unionized? Yeah, it's because they it unionized. Probably, yeah. Dang it, Netflix! Make more Tuca and Birdie. I have no Sorry, idea that was... what that is, but I support you. It's a it's a cartoon about some bird girls, and it's uh really good. It's kind of in the same vein as BoJack, but it's not as depressing. Well, it's a by a female card tunist and she like helped produce bojack and it's her own independent project and there's just this it's even wackier it's a little more positive um pretty much the entire cast is persons of color um and it talks about some really like serious issues from like a female perspective and but it doesn't turn it into this deep dark depressing thing it's more like hey this is a reality but you can you can keep moving and it's really nice i really i just love it sorry that's my own personal soapbox but if you like just weird random shit that's not like creepy or like sexualized in a way that isn't comforting like Tuca and Birdie's just a good it's a good time that's my soapbox that sounds good I'd watch it I like bird girls and it kind of sounds like I don't know like an American Agretzko which I dig yeah it definitely is they have a the main couple is very much like someone who I follow on Netflix says there is the main couple that people ship on a Gretzko, it's a lot like that. Okay, cool. Well, I dig that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Netflix, make more of that. Yes, agreed. Yes. But anyway, that's my soapbox. Also, bring back Hannibal. Woo! Yes. Or, um, I know NBC is apparently getting their own streaming app, so uh, Oh my maybe, god. You Do know, that's that. an incentive Don't for be them. cowards, NBC. So many, but yeah, uh, I guess we can like talk about the state of streaming later because I, yeah, we all have thoughts. Mm. Insert the little trademark sign thoughts. Well, I'm just wondering if this is how like our parents felt when they like were more than five channels, then and everyone's like, whoa, too much. Well, I, mean... I don't think they were having to pay like ten dollars a month for each channel, though. True. Yeah. But anyways, anyways, um, today we are here to talk about a movie called Little Evil. Little Evil. Little Evil. Little Evil. Um, yeah, so we actually watched this movie, like, almost a year ago, I think. And we always, like, meant to have it on the podcast, but then we would get distracted from talking about it or, Mm -hmm. you know, what have you. So... Today we are finally talking about it, and we have all rewatched the movie. Mm-hmm. Question: um, Have we done like a horror comedy, like an official horror comedy, on the this podcast before? Uh, um, that's a good I don't question. Know. I don't think we have. I think we'll have to go back through the backlog because there's been so many that we've done already that um, I don't remember. Right, well, I think there were, like, comedic elements to a lot that we watched, some unintentional. Yeah. Um, But I think this is the first one that's, like, not just a pure 
or it wasn't intended to just be a horror movie. Like, it is intended to be a horror comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a satire on horror movies and, like, the devil child trope in, in, like, as a whole. Yeah. The closest thing I guess I can think of to a horror comedy that we've already done is Jennifer's Body. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. But that movie also has some, like, really, really, really serious content. Um, And Little Evil is, like, definitely evenly light-hearted throughout so Mm -hmm. like definitely in the comedy category yeah and it's made by the same guy who did tucker and dale versus evil Mm -hmm. yes who also happens to be i because i was looking him up apparently he's also sally field's son which is cool oh that explains why she's here yeah that that does eli craig is his name right yeah yeah um, yeah, so, and I know Tucker and Dale vs. Evil has a big fan following, and- I love Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, me, oh, too. me too. That's one that we definitely need to talk about on the podcast one day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Little Evil is a good, is a great follow-up to that, and so did it hold I up- I think if you're- th- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead first. I was gonna say, I know, um, some people who listen to this podcast are a little more squeamish when it comes to horror and blood and guts and gore and stuff, and I think this is something that people who don't like horror movies could definitely get into, because even though there are scenes that are filmed in kind of a scary way, and there is a little bit of gore here and there, it's always framed in a very, like, funny atmosphere, so that, like, at least I was never really in a place of, like, oh, this is genuinely scary, yeah. yeah, and there's there's not a lot of that anyways. All of the the stuff that is could be scary is yeah, definitely always followed up with a joke, but um like gore-wise, there's like not really anything um that I can think of except for um like there's a scene where the teacher falls out of a window and falls on a spiked fence. Um, but they don't really show, like, her being, like, stabbed or anything when she falls. It's more like they come and get her body and, like, pull her off the fence. Um, yeah. and there's a little blood there, and then- Well, there's also the scene with really the, the car too. crash with Gozer. Oh, yeah, that too. Gozamel. Yeah, they cut <laughs> away from both of those really fast, so- Yeah, they do. They don't, yeah, they don't show a lot of the gore. Um, there's a little- blood here and there though but there's nothing too bad yeah but yeah i agree with you hannah this is one i would definitely recommend to like everyone even people who don't like horror movies because it's just really lighthearted and sweet Mm -hmm. and fun so i guess like my overall question is like i know that we all liked this movie the first time we saw it so on a repeat watch does it still hold up for you oh definitely and i noticed a lot more going into it than I did, like, the first time. Uh, like, there's a lot of references to things. Uh, Evangeline Lily is the mom, which I didn't realize the first time around. Um, also, Mr. Krabs is in it. Yes! <laughs> when yep. he spoke, I was like, wait, I recognize that voice. Oh, yeah, what... What's that actor's name again? Uh, Clancy, Clancy Brown, Brown, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I just saw him in Highlander the other day, and he is... Oh man, I didn't realize how long he's been typecast as like this wahaha evil villain. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it's so funny because like there's a lot of that. He he even uh, voiced uh, Surtur in Thor Ragnarok, 
um, oh. is like one of the most recent like kind of evil villain things he did. Um, and then there's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I guess real fast, I'll give a synopsis for those not in the loop. Um, Little Evil is a horror comedy about a new dad, a man who has just gotten married and become a stepdad, and he suspects that his new stepson might be the Antichrist. And it's very Which he fun. totally is. Yes, he totally is. And yes, and the dad is played by Adam Scott, which just mm-hmm. a moment of appreciation. I love Adam Scott, and he just like I mean like I think the script and the way this movie is filmed is really good, but I think his performance just like elevates it. It just gives it mm-hmm. that extra punch. Mm-hmm. Nobody reacts to things better than Adam Scott. I would argue. Oh yeah, his reaction. In, like to stuff in this movie are like hysterical like mm-hmm. he's always like kind of shocked a little bit and then he like kind of freaks out he's like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah my favorite of his little reactions is uh um the part where like they're arresting him and uh they take lucas who's the the antichrist kid um they take him because like they put out an amber alert um, to get Lucas away from him, and right before they arrest Adam Scott, Lucas goes, you can go to hell, and then Adam Scott goes, no, don't say that to the officers, we're trying to work on our manners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, that's my favorite kind of comedy, is, like, not cringe humor where it's like oh let's point out how awkward and weird this is and like how in any other circumstances you'd feel so embarrassed my favorite kind of comedy is like accepting the absurdity of what's around you and just responding with like oh okay this is the new reality i'll accept that and like go off of it kind of like improv or what is it when he visits him and he's talking to the tv and he's got this creepy goat puppet and he's like hey buddy how's it going Get out! All right then. Okay, talking to the TV. Okay, bye. (laughs) It's just so casual, and like he accepts these circumstances so well, and it's it's just very funny to me. I enjoy, I enjoy the how much this movie is willing to commit to the concept and is willing to create like new jokes every other scene. Because like you could, this movie could have gone in a very boring direction of like, oh yeah, the big joke's there. He's the Antichrist. Oh, that's the joke. But it goes more than that. It's like, okay, so your son's the Antichrist. What do you do about that? Can Mm -hmm. you actually be a good father to the Antichrist? What would parenting the Antichrist look like? And what are the struggles? Would you get buried alive sometimes? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like, every every scene there's like a new something that like just elevated the movie to like an even better level than like the last scene and it's it's all because of like the comedy elements to it i think it's the situations that this movie has in it um just are made so much better with the fact that you have you know these comedic actors and um this you know fun situation that um it in reality would be so hard to like go through as a parent and um 
they just deal with it in wildly different ways than reality and and I feel like that's what makes this movie great is that it's a new perspective on like something that's kind of you know an old trope yeah, yeah, because I love that the essential question isn't can we destroy the Antichrist, it's can we parent the Antichrist. Like, that's that's more interesting to me. Yeah. Can the Antichrist be good? Well, and uh, I always love horror comedies because two of the most extreme emotions you can feel are fear and laughter. So my favorite horror movies tend to be either, like, very character-driven, like Silence of the Lambs, or very funny and just play with those extreme emotions so well, like, uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Evil Dead movies, uh, other horror comedies. I love, again, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And, like, once I figured out that that was the same guy who did Little Evil, I could totally see the similarities. Like, that, I think, Kyla, you asked, like, how was it the second time? Once I figured out who directed it, I was like, oh, I see where this is going. Whereas before it was more of a surprise and I didn't expect it. Now I went in expecting it, and I could just enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to word it. Tyler Labine is also in this one, as well as Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, he I love was him. The, uh, like, the sleazy camera guy that was at their wedding, and he's like, Your son is the Antichrist, oh my god. <laughs> and Adam Scott's like, um, why didn't you use a tripod uh, to film our <laughs> wedding? You I know, Brian would be person. proud. We literally <laughs> have a list yep. in our film lounge at our university, and it's like a list of rules, film school 101, and number one on the list, like bolded and underlined, is it must be mounted on a tripod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what is it? He says, cinema verite, man! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Tyler Labine's character in in this movie really reminded me of uh, certain people that we know in the film school. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I love how everyone in this world, like, reacts to the wrong thing. Like, when Adam Scott first sees the wedding video, it's this terrifying tornado, and uh, Lucas is just standing there like nothing is happening, and he stares right into the camera like he's about to murder somebody. And all Adam Scott can think is... Like, why didn't you use a tripod? Or, like, the part where, like, they're filming the tornado that's going on in the background. Because, like, at their wedding, there was, like, a huge tornado. And it, like, swept up a big barn and, like, several people. And, like, they haven't seen them since or whatever. But, like, they're watching this and he he goes, like, that's my Uncle Scott. I didn't think he made it to the wedding. Yeah. (laughs) I love that line. Well, I love how also, like... They don't seem at all traumatized that this happened at their wedding. Like, it's never even really mentioned until you see the wedding video. Mm-hmm. And that is just infinitely funny to me. Yeah, all they said was like, oh man, that wedding was a bummer, right? And like, when you hear it, you think like, oh, did your like mom get drunk and like insult your bride or something? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. a tornado whipped through the wedding and killed like half my family. Bummer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, and then... Oh, my, I think my, like, total favorite part of this movie is the dads from the stepdad group therapy. Yes. My my favorite being Al. Yeah, Um, I knew you were going to bring that up. I love Al. Al is, like, this uh, butch lesbian who, like, calls herself, like, 
her kid's stepdad and like she's just so she's so butch i love her so much but (laughs) she wears hawaiian shirts uh she makes raunchy jokes all the time uh has a man uh, cave the, she has a man cave. She uh, has an El Camino monster truck and listens to Rush. <laughs> well, one thing I also noticed when going through the movie, because at first I was like, Al, like I tried to hear pronouns and like try to figure out, okay. And they, no one else ever uses any pronouns, but Al just calls like themselves one of the guys and like, I'm a dad. Like, I think that was just so, and I love how casual it is. It's just like, this is Al. This is who Al is. And it's not, like, played as, like, punching down. It's just, this is Al. What a fun guy. What yeah. person. I don't know. I love that, Because it's too. not, it doesn't matter, like, really, when you think about it. Like, that's what hit me about halfway through. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's Al. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, what was funny, though, like, sitting there listening to Al talk every time, there was, <laughs> there was something stupid coming out of Al's mouth. And... It was so funny because it's like, yep, I definitely know people like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. One of the funniest scenes to me was, like you said, the the stepdad group therapy, which um, Adam Scott's character, I have completely forgotten his name. Gary. Gary. Thank you. He is forced to go to after, like, his son tells a science teacher to go to hell and then she throws herself out the window and somehow he gets blamed for it. But, you know, Whatever, it's fine. Uh, but just hearing all the dads talk about how all of their stepsons or stepdaughters are evil in their own, like, very real childlike way is so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, because Adam Scott is like, you know, they're all going around and talking about their kids, and Adam Scott's like, yeah, I think my son might be the Antichrist. And all the other dads are just like, oh, mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Chris Delia. I'm gonna name off some of like the um like the people that were the in squad. The- yeah, there's like Chris Delia, um, and then Donald Faison from Scrubs was in it. There's I, I don't remember the other the other two guys that were in there, but um, one of the characters is named Victor, and Victor's like this really nerdy guy who wears glasses. And uh, later on in the film, when you uh, see that Lucas's birthday party is going on. Uh, they show his daughters, and his daughters are literally just the Shining Twins. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. super funny. There's so many references to the Shining in this movie. There's, uh, there's that, and then there's, uh, the backwards writing in the bathroom with the blood or whatever. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, yeah. The thing I love about this movie, too, is it's not like scary movie where it's like making fun of the the horror movies it's like you can tell this person loves the movies that they're they're taking inspiration from Mm -hmm. and they're just putting them in a setting where someone i I will say i think the people feel more real in this than they do like in the omen because like how else are you going to react to something like this then other go oh Okay. Yeah, they feel way more competent, even though, like, they do a bunch of stupid stuff. They're way more ready to handle the bad things and, you know, kind of stick together. And funnily enough, none of the main characters die in this movie, which uh, is surprising to me, seeing as it was part of the the horror uh, genre uh, Netflix list. <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, like, in um, Tucker and Dale, 
they they go out with the gore. But yeah. this one this one they're pretty tame. Yeah. yeah. This one this one doesn't have much gore at all. Um there's a lot of silly references uh and just the the way that like the characters handle like the situation that they're given is really interesting because you know it's it's funny but at the same time it's re- it's more realistic than like you know you're more accustomed to in other like horror films like there's no like screaming and running away like adam scott gary is ready to deal with his son <laughs> Well, what was it? I think I was watching a behind-the-scenes feature in the movie Us where uh, Jordan Peele said he made the dad funny, goofy dad because you care more about the people who make you laugh Mm -hmm. because they instill an emotion in you. If they're just kind of there... Like, we've watched plenty of movies for this podcast where I literally couldn't care less about these people because they're not people. They're Mm. just, like, part of a kill count. And these... Like, I would care if... Adam Scott's character, like, got hurt even, or just, I don't know, oh, like, you don't need Al. to kill to make people care in a horror movie. Yeah, yeah that's I, a really good point. I totally agree with that. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree 100% that this is, like, a horror film. I feel like this is more of a comedy with horror elements. Oh, for sure. Um, but... You know, it was in the horror genre on Netflix, so therefore this counts. Well, this film would not exist without other horror el- horror movies. Like, if The yeah. Omen wasn't a film, this movie wouldn't exist. Yeah, if mm-hmm. The Omen or The Shining or, you know, Rosemary's literally Baby. a bunch of other... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would, I would categorize this as a... It's not just a comedy. It's a horror comedy. It's not just a horror. It's not just a comedy. It's both. It's a it's a horror homage slash satire. Yes. Because I think they flat out spoil the ending of The Omen, too. <laughs> have you guys seen okay. The Omen? I have no, not. I haven't. It's pretty good. It's okay. I, I know they reference The Omen in this movie. They're like, I'm pretty sure that uh, when the dad in The Omen uh, did that thing, you know, everyone in town thought he was a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and when we first see Lucas, he's dressed exactly the same way as little oh, yeah. Damien in The Omen, which I think it's iconic enough that you don't have to see The Omen to understand the, yeah, the reference. Yeah, The Omen, yeah. Yeah. Um, the hat, the, um, like, the haircut, the shorts with the long socks. Uh, <laughs> Our little I, Victorian nightmare. <laughs> I, okay dumb thing um i kind of used to dress like that when i was in sixth grade (laughs) um that is so on brand though i love it yeah um i my mom used to tell me that i uh was dressed up like the the guitarist from acdc (laughs) and i feel like he kind of uh picked his outfit because of the omen as well Mm, i could see that yeah yeah okay real fast i've got to do a quick ad break so ad break, ad we break. shall continue this discussion in a moment. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We, uh, Netflix and Kill will be right back. So today I would like to tell you about a podcast called Mock Footage. The hosts of Netflix and Kill listen to a lot of movie-related podcasts in our spare time, but this one is far and away one of my favorites. Each episode, the hosts, Ray and Joe, pick a different movie to talk about, usually something pretty widely known like Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. 
But there's a twist. One of the hosts has not seen the movie. Each episode starts with Ray trying to piece together the plot from what he knows about the movie, which is sometimes just the title. Then they watch it and talk about their thoughts. It's a really fun podcast because the chemistry between the hosts is just absolutely perfect. Uh, and if you haven't seen a lot of movies, no worries, because it's um, sometimes it's just fun to listen to people talk about something you haven't seen and try to guess the plot along with Ray. If you're a Netflix and Kill fan, you also might want to check out our episode about The Perfection, on which I was a guest. Um, so mock footage can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and the Lunar Light website. And there are new episodes out every week. It's a really wonderful podcast. I would also like to tell you guys about the Trans Questioning podcast, featuring Sarah Zedek, who some of you might know from her YouTube channel. Each episode, she answers questions and helps to navigate the transgender experience. And what's really great about this podcast is that Sarah interacts a lot with her listeners, so if you ever ask her a question via Twitter or other social media, she'll answer it. Uh, it's very interactive, and I really like that podcasts don't always have to be one-sided, you know, where it's just a person talking at you. This podcast feels more like a conversation, which makes it easy to listen to. And I would highly recommend it, especially if you're coming to terms with being transgender or want to know more about this experience, then this is the perfect podcast for you, and Sarah is really great, and it's just a really great podcast. It can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, and Lunar Light website. Thank you. Now, back to Netflix and Kill. So, um, a question I had for you guys, because we overall really liked this movie. Is there anything you didn't like as much? I wish that Evangeline Lily's character had more to do. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that as well. I really, she felt, especially near the end of the movie, more kind of like a damsel, and I wish that, like, there had been a lot more that she was able to do and, like, be active with Lucas and Gary. I know this was more of, like, a narrative about, like, you know, uh, becoming a stepdad and, like, how hard that is because kids aren't always gonna like you at first because you're not, like, their quote-unquote real dad or whatever. But, you know, that that doesn't rule out there's, like, a whole second parent there. And, uh, even though, like, her her character was really funny, um, I, I really wish that, like, she had done a lot more and was, like, with them more in the film. Well, and I think there's a whole untapped market of comedy with her character. Because, like, when he's like, your baby's the Antichrist, she, like, reacts like she knew all along. And, like, I wish we could have seen that process of, like, maybe just a, a quick flashback of her, like, raising the Antichrist. Like, maybe kind of like that, um, oh, what is it? the Jack-Jack attacks oh, where this yeah. baby is just doing nightmarish, horrifying things and watching Carrie just learn how to deal with this tiny nightmare is so funny and I just think that watching Evangeline Lily play off of like oh my god my baby just caught fire and then she just like has like a little spray bottle of holy water at the ready just to <laughs> squirt kind of like no stop yes. bad baby <laughs> yes well yeah. also there's like just the question of like how because she's you know like a pretty normal average mom it's like how did this soccer mom end up being in a cult in mm -hmm. her younger days mm -hmm. like that's that was that's something i, I wish they had dealt into more like because that would have been really interesting mm -hmm. you know thinking about her character um the scene that like pops up first is when uh 
she's like walking up to check on Gary and Lucas um, because Gary is trying to tuck Lucas into bed and he walks into the room and it's all dark and like Gary is like trying to get like some toys to turn off because they keep talking or whatever and then he takes the batteries out of them and then it starts talking demonically and it leads up to like the one of the first scenes that we see in the movie where um where he gets like buried in the yard but what, what every time I think about that character my first thought like the thing that pops up into my head is the part where she turns around and she sees like this really big mural with rapture written backwards <laughs> and she goes oh he's so creative <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, I think that also could have led to a joke, like, where Adam Scott's, like, creative if he wasn't buried in the yard, but, like, and then she's like, well, it's better than, like, Hellfire or Damnation. He used to write that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, God, what else? I honestly wish that we could have seen her interact more with the demonic child. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would also play into the whole metaphor of he just feels completely out of his element in parenting. Whereas she's just done this so long, she automatically knows how. Like, maybe, um, like, when he walks in and he's like, hey, bud, when he's just staring at the blank TV and then the puppet starts talking, maybe Evangeline Lily just comes in and changes the channel to Dora and he calms down a little bit, just making Adam Scott feel even more inept in his role. The the one thing I, I will kind of, like, justify with her being kind of, like ignorant to him like kind of knowing but still like being kind of ignorant to to lucas's like demonic powers is that there's a a scene right after um they had gone to like the water park and gary's gonna try to drown lucas but they're they sit down like he saves him from drowning and then uh um like they go out for ice cream and gary's sitting down with lucas and Lucas goes, I don't want you to die anymore. So I think, I I think he really, like, does feel like people need to die. And uh, that's when he, like, shows, like, his powers. And, you know, it, it would be kind of natural for, like, his mom, like, him not to feel that way about his mom, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I also would argue that at some point in your life, you're going to get pissed off at every one of your parents, no matter how good they oh, are. Yeah. When that kid turns 15, like that's going to be like even more. Well, I even think of a baby like you take away their toy when they have to go to bed. They're going to I mean, if in this baby's case, maybe open a portal to hell. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you brought up something that is my favorite part of the movie in which. They're, the movie is split up into two segments, essentially. The first segment is him figuring out that his stepson is the Antichrist and him f- trying to figure out how to stop him, mostly by killing him. And then the second half of the movie is him bonding with this child and wanting to save his soul by being a good dad mm. instead of just killing him. Yeah. And I am a sucker for that kind of genuine, heartfelt bullshit. I love that scene at the water park so much because he's he took him to the water park to drown him like but he ends up like having to wait a little bit so he bonds with um Lucas and they just have a good day with father and son and he realizes that oh it's nurture over nature I see and then he decides no I'm gonna be a dad to this kid. Yeah that okay I was watching you know that scene and i 
I kind of started tearing up because I'm like, this is so sweet. He just wants to be a dad and he doesn't feel like he needs to be like, he needs to kill the kid. There's no reason. He's just a kid. And I'm like, oh my God, he's just a kid. <laughs> well, and Evangeline Lily brought up a good point after she unearths him. Granted, Adam Scott scary is also making a good point in that he did just bury him alive so i get that he's frustrated but evangeline lily also brought up like hey you've never put a real effort into trying to get to know him yeah Mm -hmm. you've like put you've half-assed a couple conversations and you drive him to school like that's the bare minimum Mm -hmm. but once he like actually puts an effort into spending time to get to know him it it changes your perspective like that i do think that is how how people do form a bond and a friendship or like a father son, how people form a dynamic Mm -hmm. is when they stop half-assing it and say, no, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it together. Like I'm going to appreciate you and maybe you'll appreciate me. And most of the time it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it can save the world. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. So, and then let's let's talk about the ending here for a minute. They uh so at the beginning Adam Scott's character is uh like a real estate agent and he sells uh this old abandoned nunnery to um Clancy Brown's character who is like a a cult leader, but he dresses like a Catholic priest so that people don't think it's all that weird. So that comes into play at the end uh when Clancy Brown's cult uh, kidnaps Lucas and, uh, Evangeline Lily, whose character is named Samantha. Uh, so they take them to this nunnery, and then the stepdad group, um, Gary and Al and all of them, like, bust into this nunnery, and, uh, (laughs) they, they attack this old lady, and then, like, try to, like, you know, infiltrate the satanic cult ritual that's going on, and, like, they have Lucas tied up, and they're gonna, stab him with something that's called the knife of destiny yeah i would argue that's the biggest change they make from the the omen which is i think the prime source material they're using Mm -hmm. is that the antichrist is not in and of himself the pathway to doom it's more satan is going to possess him to bring about the end of the world yeah so lucas isn't really the one causing the end of the world he's just a pawn in their game yeah so, like, they they bust in, and uh, Adam Scott throws a baseball at Clancy Brown and <laughs> hits him in the face, and the baseball says world's best dad on it, and, like, it does a slow-mo on it as it's, like, going in to, like, hit Clancy Brown in the face, and you can read it, it says world's best dad on it, and it's just, like, yes. Yeah. So good. And, like... And then, like, Adam Scott gets up on the stage or whatever where they they have all this going on. And he, like, pulls his, like, fake robe and mask off that he was using to disguise himself. And he's like, you people are a disappointment. <laughs> you need to ask. He goes into high-key dad mode. Yeah, he, like, he's like, you, you all need to ask yourself, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? And then, like, Lucas is floating in the air and, like, a portal to hell opens and... Ugh. It's question. It's so I I think I missed this. Um, how do they survive? Cause like they both fall into the pit, and Adam Scott like says, "I won't let you go." And then like he doesn't let him go, but they both fall in, and then they both just crawl out. 
Um, the power of love. I can, I can yeah, I can chalk oh, it power up of love. to Got it. Uh, the writing called for it, um, or uh, Adam Scott just figured out how to climb out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, maybe, I mean, he already showed earlier that Lucas can levitate. Maybe he just did it again. I don't yeah, know. that could be it. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much to me. Like, the point is achieved regardless. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it just would have been fun if they had, like, put in another gag there or something. Yeah. I, I'm just, like, thinking about, like, they're, like, falling into, like, the center of the earth and, like, uh, Adam Scott's screaming and Lucas goes, no, it's a fine. And he's still screaming, but, like, they're floating now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, maybe when he says, like, let go, maybe, and Adam Scott refused, he's like, I will let you go. Like, he thought he meant to let his son go, but no, it's like, oh, it's okay, I got you, dad. Like, it would have been a nice, like, you know, reverse, like, hey, my dad came for me, so I'll, uh, my dad saved me, so I'll save my dad. I don't want that phrase changed at all oh. for anyone's interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I just now got it, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was slow I on that, but... Ah, uh, well, we knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, we understand what you what you mean. Alright, um... But yeah, then they try to kind of make up for the fact that they didn't give Evangeline Lily a whole lot to do um, by having her kill the cult leader, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. it was fun, but it, it did feel a little bit forced. Because then, of course, they have all the dads be like, wow, what a badass... And I'm like, yeah, she is. Wouldn't it have been great to see more of that? Yes, there was one guy who I did love his comment because Adam Scott also, like, punched a, one of the cult leaders before they came in. And I just heard one of the dads go, oh, man, they're really good at just, just punching people in church. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a talent. Yeah, that was funny. I, that I think was that was funny. Christelia saying that. He's like, yeah, they're just really good at punching people in church. <laughs> like, I thought that was a, a fun oh, little man. gag. Yeah. That was pretty good. We didn't really talk a whole lot about the fact that they, like, hire a demon killer at one point. But to be honest, I didn't really care about that yeah, part. Yeah, I think the only thing that that really set up was, like, getting the Knife of Destiny. Oh, crap. I completely forgot that. I just thought the cult leader had it. No, um, the Gozamel, who's the, the guy that they get the knife from, he's like, I gotta kill the demon kid or whatever, and then, uh... Then he gets thrown out of a window of the car and he dies. Um, but he's like, take take this knife. You gotta use it to kill the Antichrist. And they're like, uh, no. No. And But like, Al's like, just take the knife. Just take the knife. And <laughs> so Gary's like, okay, I have this knife. What do I do with it? And so like, so, they, so he just kind of keeps it. And then I think he leaves it at the house. And then when Clancy Brown's character... Uh, shows up to kidnap uh, Evangeline Lily. Um, he kind of, I think he grabs it off like the table or something. Yeah, one of his minions does, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, most of these are like plot points taken from other horror movies, so like I don't really care how they got there. I more care about how like the characters react to it because the characters really are my favorite part of the movie. I just, I think they all, they have like this fun energy. Like everyone in the movie seems like happy to be there. No one seems to be half-assing it. I mean, Adam Scott is just kind of doing his thing, but, like, he does it so well. Can't yeah. blame him for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, 
I think that about wraps it up. Did you guys have any last thoughts or things to add? Um, be there for your kids. Yes. Just like even if they're not really your biological kids, be there for your kids, man. Cause they're even if they're Satan, there's good in them. There's good in them. You can you you are who you choose to be, man. Yeah. Little Evil is a lot of fun. It, it is yeah. a lot of fun. Two thumbs up. Two satanic thumbs up. Six, six, six thumbs up. <laughs> um, also, nice. uh, run over cops with a monster truck. Yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look up to Al. Yes. Al is the kind of dad I aspire to be, honestly. Yes. Right. I love yeah. Al so much. Ah, well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Where can you be found, assuming that you want to be found? I can be found under your lo local dumpster, looking for spare copies of uh, Hannibal Season 3. Ah, uh, yes. But when I'm not there, I am at Hannah V. Boyens on Twitter. Um, I don't really post anything super, like, business content related, but, you know, if but you, you want some, some dumb tweets. You're funny. You have good I have good tweets. You do have good tweets. You can find me um, at FrostyTheR0Bot on Twitter. Um, I just post a bunch of crap. <laughs> uh, mostly uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, uh, specifically Spider-Man 2 crap as of late. <laughs> if crap stands for cool, radical, awesome pieces of art. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kai the Jedi. That's K-Y the Jedi. Um, totally not talking about Starscream and how much <laughs> I love that little gremlin of a robot. Megatron has fallen! <laughs> <laughs> I am the leader now! That was more Skeletor, sorry. follow me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, oh, me too. Um, yeah, and then that Netflix and Kill can be found at Netflix underscore in underscore kill on Twitter. And while you're there, be sure to go follow Lunar Light HQ, which is our wonderful host network, Lunar Light Studio. We love them. We love all of their podcasts. And we love everyone there. They're wonderful. Yup. Um, stay tuned. In the future, we're going to have some guests from other Lunar Light shows. We're going to do a little bit more crossover content. So mm -hmm. um, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be really fun. I think we're doing Saw again at some yes. point. For the Patreon subscribers, we are doing more Saw. I might put up, I'll probably put up a preview. <laughs> Hannah just sighs. Okay, hey, believe it or not, they do get better <sighs> from here. Saw 2 and Saw 3 so are better that? than the first one. Um, 4 and 5 mm. aren't, but then 6 is great. We love 6 because it has the carousel of death. I am... Hooray! As per the, the first Saw episode, um, I am not going to be watching these. Um, I'm going to be uh, making guesses as to what the heck is going on in these movies and making jokes about it because... I feel yeah. like I derive more uh, satisfaction out of uh, joking about movies I've never seen than actually having to sit through them. <laughs> you know, that's totally valid. Especially when those movies are soft. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. Jigsaw is my enemy. <laughs> and I feel like the only way to destroy him completely is to watch all of these films and then be upset. And roast him. I know it's a flawed plan, but I think it's going to work. You should watch all of the movies, um, open a portal to hell, and then kick Billy the puppet in the nads so he flies all the way into the portal and then close it. <laughs> well, that was quite descriptive, but I like that image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the um, stay tuned for that. It'll be for the Patreon subscribers um, for our Lunar Light Patreon. Donations start at like literally a dollar a month, so it's it's not too expensive, and you can get access to those episodes. Uh, I'll probably at least put up like a preview on just our regular feed um, for those who aren't Patreon subscribers. But if you want the full episode, you'll have to go and check out the Patreon because there's some good content on there from both ourselves and from the other Lunar Light shows. Um, if you become a Patreon subscriber, I'm sure you uh, get content from all the podcasts, not just us. Yeah, and you get access to monthly live streams, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. sorts of special stuff. So check that out. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, love your kids, and may your nightmares be plentiful. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, it's not for women. <laughs> <laughs> this is Advertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.